Amen. I'd like to invite everyone to please rise as we give reverence to God's word and please open your Bibles with me in the book of 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5 and 6. We do have only two verses this morning. First Peter chapter 5, verse 5 and 6. Are you there? If you're going to look at the screen, yes, we are there, right? <laughs> All right, but we want to use our very own Bibles, right? As we, as we read God's Word this morning. So let's read it all together. Verse 5 and 6, ready now, begin. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud, and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that ye may exalt you in due time. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, our gracious God and Heavenly Father. Thank you so much for this beautiful day that you have given us, Lord. And wow, this, Lord, is the first Sunday of the month. And um, we are just so grateful that you have helped us and you have guided us and you have blessed us to be right where we are, Lord God. And we truly recognize all your help. We, we truly recognize all your power that um, has been helping us all through these days. And Lord, once again, um, this is such a sacred time for all of us as your uh, people, as your um, purchased um, children, Lord God, to be all gathered here doing the same thing, um, gathered here to praise you, to worship you and study thy word together. Lord, may any distraction uh, won't be um, happening in our midst. Help us to focus on your word. Help us to focus on you only, not anyone else, not anything else, Lord God. And I know it's just a short time, not even like a lot of hours that we really consume as we worship you, but help us to commit and devote and consecrate this time, Lord God, for you. We know that you're just here right here with us. You know what's happening in our midst. You are here with us. We need your presence. We need your power. So please, may you hide me behind thy cross. And our prayer is that we will humble ourselves as we study thy word. Because truly, Lord, that we need your word, we need you in our lives. And may you be glorified in Christ's name, amen and amen. You may now be seated. Amen. The title of our lesson this morning is Clothed with Humility. Amen. Clothed with Humility. Imagine, you know, if every person in this world is humble. <laughs> Imagine if, you know, every member of our church, they have this kind of character. Everyone is humble. You know, everyone is trying to submit to authority. I think our world would have been a better place. You know, if everyone is submitting to authority, everyone is just giving their way for the benefit of other people. But I believe that as a Christian, God is encouraging us. God wants us to be humble. Amen. God wants us to submit to him because it was first exemplified by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know what? One of the struggles we all face today is 
the matter of pride. You know, the opposite of humility is pride. And we know that this was the very first sin, right? You know, this beautiful angel fell into the sin. He wanted to be more like how God created him. You know, he was, a, he was on the highest peak. Uh, he was in the highest position of being an angel. He had a position. But for some reason, it came from the bottom of his heart. It came from within, inside his uh, personality, that he wanted more. Because he saw the glory of God. You know, I want to be like him. I want to, you know, soar up higher. I want to be just like God. You know, and sad thing to, um, in our days right now that some people, although they don't literally, you know, proclaim that and say that to everyone, but sometimes how we, um, how we act, sometimes how we say things, it seems like we are trying to become God himself. You know, in spite of our faults, we do know that we do have, you know, failures. We do have faults in our lives. We do have weaknesses. Amen? We do all have weaknesses, but somehow we manage to always find a reason to be prideful, right? To be proud. Well, uh, the word proud could be in a negative way or it could be in a positive way. But the, the, the meaning of proud here that I'm talking about is the negative way. When we think of ourselves as very high compared to other people. But I believe right now, since, you know, the schooling is about to end, a lot of people, especially the parents, are getting so proud of their children. But that is not the negative way, the negative meaning of proud. Because I believe it's okay if you are proud of your children, especially if they finish the school with, you know, flying colors, they have honors. Um, some of us here are graduating, our college students. You know, we are proud of you. Amen? And the parents, I believe, they are very proud of you. So that is a different meaning of the word proud. You know, the Bible is filled with hundreds of references um, talking about pride and humility. And I believe that it is so important that is one of the main keys to God sending a revival in our church, sending revival in our lives. Amen? You know, last week we really did have a tremendous, you know, mission, uh, missions conference. I remember Brother Bobby kept on mention, mentioning missions conference last week because we're so used to it. But we had evangelism conference last week. And I believe if we did not try to low ourselves and humble ourselves, we won't have revival in our lives. Because, you know, the very first key, the most important thing, I believe, in, in order for us to be blessed by God, to have a revival in our relationship with Him, being a Christian, I believe we need to have a poor kind of spirit. We need to humble ourselves. We need to submit to God. You know, the Bible says in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, if my people, which are called by my name, we all do know this uh, familiar verse, shall, what is the first one? Shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Oh, we truly, madly, badly, greatly need this verse for our country. 
Amen. Our country need, uh, needs to, you know, to humble ourselves. And imagine here, the Lord put the first word, humble first, before praying. Amen. In order for us to go to God first to pray, you know what? We need to humble ourselves first. Amen. Before we get to seek God's face in our lives, I'm telling you, we need to humble ourselves first. In order for us to turn from our wicked ways, the first thing that we have to do in our lives is to humble ourselves before Him. See, that's why it is very important for us to have a revi revival, for us to have forgiveness of our sin, for us to have a restoration from our God, we need to humble ourselves before God. You know, this passage of scripture deals with several aspects of humility. I'm going to be sharing you, as an introduction, I already have four points. Amen? And as we dive into the main message, I'm going to be sharing you three main points this morning. Amen? Are you ready? Amen. Amen. All right, so the first one is our pattern. Who is our pattern? Amen. Philippians chapter 2, verse 8. Let's open up our Bibles there. Are you still with me? Amen. Amen. It's not 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Amen. So we don't have an, any excuse that we are, you know, sleepy. <laughs> you know, we are tired. But it's just, you know, beautiful day that God has given us today, right? A beautiful morning. So the first is our pattern. Philippians chapter 2, verse 8. A very beautiful verse. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. Who is the Bible referring to here? It is our Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death even, because we all know that the death on the cross is the most painful. It is the most, um, you know, downgrading kind of death. If you died on the cross, it means that you are, you know, you are the chiefest sinner ever. But the Lord even allowed that to happen in himself because he really humbled himself. He became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So Jesus Christ set an example of what it means to be humble because he himself was humble. Amen? Do you praise God? Do you, um, do you really thank God because the Savior that we know is not some kind of a savior who, okay, since I already saved you, I'm just going to leave you by yourself, right? But you know, our savior is so humble that we are saved already, and he's still doing things for us. Amen. Amen? He is so humble. For God to be man, I believe, is total humility. But man, just like I mentioned before, man trying to be God is a total absurdity. Amen? It's total absurdity. It is, you know, it's meaningless. It is ridiculous. And people now act like they really control everything in their lives. For God to be man is total humility, but man to be like God is total absurdity. We believe that from his birth, we see from his birth, where was he born? Was he born in a beautiful room in a beautiful hospital? <laughs> where was he born? He was born in a lowly manger. From his birth, even to his betrayal. You know how he, was, he got betrayed? Um, you, know the, you know Judas, right? When he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, you know, um, 
the Lord, um, he was betrayed by Judas. And when, you know, Judas tried to report him, you know, at that moment when he is about to get arrested by the Roman soldiers, what did he do? Did he retaliate? Did he fight back? Actually, one of his disciples, you know, fought back for him. Who was it? It was Peter. You know, he's trying to save his Savior, cut one of the ears of the soldiers. What's the name of the soldier? Malchus, right? Wow, we are so good at this. Malchus, you know, but Christ just let, you know, the soldiers execute him. The Lord, the Lord just let the soldiers allow them to arrest him. And he even allowed Judas, you know, to betray him. He was so humble. He demonstrated why did he do that? Because of his submission to the will of the Father. Because he prayed in that moment, Lord, not my will, but thine be done. Amen? He showed his humility from his birth to his betrayal. So he should only be the one to be our pattern in order for us to have this kind of virtue and good character in our lives. Amen? Let us show humility not just in our church, but also inside our own family, right? I believe if our, all our family members would just be humble, try to submit, you know, to parents, parents trying to be subject also to their children, you know, humble each other, I believe we will do have a harmonious relationship and family. Amen? And Christ may be our pot, pattern in this. All right, so our pattern and also our proof. Our pattern and secondly, our proof. Verse 5, the latter part of verse 5. Yeah, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. You know, when we truly are humble, it will show. Amen. It will be apparent. It will be noticeable. Okay, and if you are humble, you don't have to say it. Amen. Because at that moment, you're not humble anymore. Right? In order for it to be, uh, you know, apparent and evident and visible among people, don't say it. But it will produce an outward demonstration of what is going on in our heart and in our mind. And I'm not talking about false humility. Amen? Um, we can't say I'm humble, right? A proud heart will produce a proud look, and a humble heart will produce a humble look. Amen? And I believe that we really have to apply that in our lives, in our, the way we talk, the way we walk, the words that we say, the actions that we do. Because if we do really have a humble heart in our lives, a broken heart, a contrite heart, it will, you know, automatically, it will naturally show outwardly. You know, I'm, I'm warning, you know, myself, the same thing with all our teachers and preachers here, especially when we share, you know, illustrations, you know, it shouldn't be all about us, you know, when we're trying to illustrate things, and, well, it's okay to share some experiences, like one or two about yourself to illustrate things, but when you're illustrating illustration is most all about you well i think we have to question ourselves and even when we are trying to share our testimonies amen because we 
We usually do that when we have fellowships, when we have Bible studies. We share our blessings. We share our praises. You know, we should attribute all of the achievements, you know, all the glory and praises, not for ourselves, but we believe that we can all do those things because of the help of God. Amen? We should attribute to God and always give Him glory. You know, Proverbs 16, verse 5, it says, Everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Though hand join in hand, he shall not be unpunished. Proverbs 21, verse 4, An high look and a proud heart and the plowing of the wicked is sin. See how serious this is. You know, when we do have a proud look, when we do have a proud heart, even in Proverbs 6, verse 16 to 17, the Bible says, These six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him, a proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood. A proud look. Amen. The Lord don't like that. That's why Jesus don't like, you know, this certain kind of people, the Pharisees. Why? Because Evidently, we can, you know, in the time of our Lord Jesus Christ, he can see, not just outwardly, but he can see inside of them, you know, that they really do have a proud heart. You know, let us not be like the Pharisees. Amen? So our pattern, our proof, and our promise. Our promise. The latter part also, verse 5, For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Amen. We all do need the grace of God in our lives. Amen. If we want to have the grace of God in our lives, we really need to be humble. For God resisteth or refuse the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. And this promise is twofold. First, God will resist the proud, and God will give grace to the humble. And even you know, James himself quoted what Peter said in James chapter 4, verse 6. But he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. So that is the promise of God in our lives. You know, the Lord will, will show us his, his grace. The Lord will abound us his grace. You know, if you are saying that, yes, we need the grace of God in our lives, but if we are not humble before Him, how can He give us grace we need in our lives? So that is His promise. And the, the last is our promotion. Amen. Verse 6, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time. Amen. A lot of Christians, a lot of people, they want the exalting first before they want to be humble before God. But no, there is a pattern. There is a process. Amen. We need to humble ourselves first and let God be the one to exalt us. Let God be the one to bless us. Amen. That's our promotion. It's much better when God does the exalting. Amen. It is always much better when God is the one exalting us, that we will hear from him that great commendation. Yes, sometimes we do stuff, and sometimes we hear, you know, um, applaud uh, from people, praises from people, but let us not look after those things. 
Let us look after what God would do in our service to him. Let us wait for his exalting in our lives. Luke 14, verse 11, For whosoever exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Amen? James chapter 4, verse 10, the Bible says, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. So I believe being clothed with humility says a lot of things to us. But let me share. These are the three main points that we're going to have right now. First is being clothed with humility is a decision. Secondly, being clothed with humility is a declaration. And being clothed with humility, being clothed with humility is a deflection. Okay, so the first one is being clothed with humility is a decision. The word clothed here, because for us here, we always um, pick out our clothes every day, right? I don't know who's the one picking your clothes. Well, I have to admit, everyone looks great this morning, amen? Because, of course, we try to dress nice on Sunday. It's not because we want to show off that we have a new dress, we have a nice dress. Amen. But because we want to do our best, amen, for God in everything that we do. And we all do want to be presentable when we, you know, worship God. So every day in our lives, don't you know that we pick out clothes, not just one time, sometimes in a day, several times. You know? And, you know, some of us here, we shop for our clothes. Uh, it's such a blessing. I don't have to shop my clothes. You know, I got this new job, and we do have a, I do have a different um, attire because my job used to be I just wear you know polo short and all that uh, but now we do I need to um, you know dress like business casual that was the term so I have to wear always long sleeve going to work and praise God because one of the members in our church you know they, they have a lot of long sleeves that they use don't use anymore and they just gave it to me and I was so thankful and you know every day I'm wearing new you know long sleeves new dress shirts and I'm really so thankful. I don't have to shop, amen, for those clothes. I was actually planning to, you know, get new ones, but it was just a blessing. Very timely for that member to share their blessing. So we shop our own clothes. You know, we try them on, we buy them, and we wear them. We look through our clothes multiple times a day with many different options to choose from. I don't know how your closet looks like, but I believe here in the States, every single one of us, we do have a lot of clothes, right? And sometimes our biggest problem is what would I wear? Because there's just so many choices. There's just so many options. You know, we wear what we want to wear regardless of the event or the, or the reason. Um, I asked you earlier who was the one preparing for your clothes, maybe those um, you know, wives and husbands here, the husbands don't have to worry about what they wear because always their loving wife is the one preparing, you know, their Sunday dress for them. Amen? But the husband also, if, although it was already chosen, it was already prepared by their loving wife, their caring wife, they still have to make a decision. Am I going to approve it or what? Um, honey, I don't like that. Can you iron another set of clothes. <laughs> Is that how you are, Brother Robert? 
You know, they're so blessed because their loving wife, caring wife is the one preparing what they have to wear the next day. You know, all they have to do is, uh, I'm going to take that. I approve it. All right. So, wow, lucky or what I mean, blessed husband. Right. But they still have a decision to approve it. You know what? The Bible tells us to be clothed with humility, and that means we do it intentionally. We have to do it intentionally. And we look at the options, a lot of options there. Same thing with our closet. If I'm going to be like this and like that, but let us choose humility. Amen? Let us choose humility. Humility. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21 to 23, the Bible says, For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, who, when he was reviled, or when he was hated, what did he do? Did he revile back? No, reviled not again. When he suffered, did he threaten the people? No, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. And, you know, I was just contemplating, I was just thinking, because this, were, this was written by Peter, and we know that Peter, going back to that Garden of Gethsemane scene, he was the one who was retaliating. You know, he was the one who was reviling for his Savior. But he witnessed it firsthand how the Lord reacted in that really unique situation. He can really say from these verses that, yes, the, the Savior that we have, is he has no sin, he has no guile found in his mouth, when he was reviled, he reviled not again. When he was suffer suffering, he threatened the people not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously, because he submitted to the will of the Heavenly Father. You know what? When people attack us, let us choose to ignore them. You know, some of the things, it will happen to us in our workplace, wherever we go. Well, there are times that we have to defend ourselves, amen? But you know what I'm talking about. You know, there are times that we really have to exercise humility and just humble ourselves because we will prevent, we will avoid a lot of chaotic things if we will just humble ourselves. When people lie about us, you know, we continue doing what God has called us to do. When people mock us and laugh at us, we keep doing what we know is right. And I believe that being humble is always right. You know, when people offend us, and I have to say that sometimes it also happens in our church, right? Inside here, in this place, that some people, you know, sometimes recklessly they would say something, but they don't actually mean to hurt us or offend us, but sometimes it happens. We hear some hurtful words, you know, when people offend us, even in our church, but we still need to focus on God alone. Amen? Because we don't serve each other, we don't praise each other here, but we only praise God. And we have to continue serving Him. We have to continue praising Him in our lives. Amen? So be clothed with humility, and it is a, it is a, it, and it is a decision. Amen? Let us decide from this time on. You know, and this is actually a reminder for all of us 
that we need to choose humility in our lives. Amen? Being clothed with humility is a decision. Being clothed with humility is a declaration. You know the book? There's a book that is um, entitled, Your Clothes Say It For You. Written by a godly lady years ago dealing with women's modesty. You know, I don't know if you've heard the the phrase, um, dress for success. Dress for success. Sometimes the way we handle ourselves, the way we look, sometimes people would classify as, oh, this person is very successful. But a lot of, especially in our country, right, people would try to, (laughs) you know, dress really nice, but when you check their wallet, it's empty. (laughs) You know? But also, you know, the phrase, dress to impress. So, you know, in the Philippines also. So people judge you by your apparel, you know, sometimes. But the verse, there's a verse in James, you know, sometimes we treat people when they look, you know, good, nicer. We're actually going to read that later on. There's a verse in the book of James. But, you know, uh, setting aside, but still your clothing makes a statement. Your clothing makes a statement. And when you and I choose to be clothed with humility, that also makes a statement. I wonder how it looks like, right? You know, the dress of humility. Because the Bible says, let us clothe ourselves with humility. How does it look like, really? You know, what is the color? What is the the appearance? You know, but, you know, it is not for success nor to impress, but I believe that our humility is a declaration of our love for Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? Our humility is our declaration you know, of our love for Jesus Christ and that we know our life is not our own. Amen? Our life is not our own. So be clothed with humility. I had a little research about this, especially the Greek verb. You know, it is very rare and a curious one. There, um, I don't know if you can be able to read that Greek word, um, but it's pronounced as something like that. All right, so it means properly tie yourselves up in humility. So it's not just, you know, putting it on. Because the Bible says, yes, be clothed with humility. What does that really mean? But, you know, this um, commentary used the word tie up. So it's not just putting on, but tie up. Tie yourselves up in humility. Why? Because humility is to be gathered tied around about us like a cloak and tied up so that the wind may not blow it back, nor the rain beat inside it. Because if we just put it on, you know, the wind, you know, it might, you know, um, it might help me out. (laughs) It's going to throw it away somewhere, and that clothing is not going to be on you anymore. So it has to be tied up. Because we want it to remain in us. Amen? But there's still a further and more delicate shade of meaning in the word. There was a peculiar kind of cape. Well known by a name taken from this verb, we might call it a tie-up. Tie-up. And this kind of cape was worn by slaves and by no others. It was a badge of servitude. Thus, Peter bids them all gird themselves for one another in a slave's tie-up of 
humility. You know what? None are to be masters here in our church. Amen? None are to be masters in the church of Christ. And the humility is to be the very first thing noticed about us. And they're our outward mark and sign. So how does it look like having um, you know, the cloak of humility, be clothed with humility? I believe if you do apply the badge of servitude. If we are serving God and serving others. You know what? Yesterday, yes, we, we had spring cleaning in our church. Amen? And some of you may maybe not aware of that. Uh, but last night it was announced that we are going to have spring cleaning. But let me just say this. It's not that because, you know, um, he paid me or something. <laughs> but yesterday I was really blessed by Pastor Sam. If you were here yesterday, you know, praise God because our pastor is very humble. Amen. You know, his hands got dirty yesterday from cleaning cleaning those um, chairs, and especially uh, those um, heater, it's been the, those vents, and it's been decades, right? It's been millennium. I don't, th this was actually the first time maybe we cl cleaned those uh, vents, but, you know, his hands got dirty yesterday. While the rest of us, <laughs> while the rest of the church are resting or maybe having fun yesterday, but you know what? Our pastor and some of our members humbled themselves yesterday cleaning the church well i think while they're doing that they were having fun also yes because they just love the lord first of all they love our savior they love our church amen they love this property that god has given us amen you know what uh this month is property and space yes we continue to pray for our expansion but let me tell you that this facility that God has given us, while we are praying for more, aiming for more, we should appreciate what we have and thankful for what we have and take good care of what we have. Amen? We have to take good care and just praise God because we do have a pastor. Yes, I'm telling you that our ultimate pattern is our Savior, our perfect example, but we just really praise God. It is a bonus for us to have a humble pastor. Amen. You know, and I don't know about you, but if you go to other churches, our pastor is even a choir member. If you go to other churches, have you seen their pastor singing in the choir? Like regularly? No, it's very rare. It's very seldom to see that. So it is just a reflection that praise God, the servant that God has, you know, given us, has a humble servant, has a badge of servitude and i hope that we will follow that example because we have seen it in our savior and we have seen it in the leaders of our from the leaders of our church amen so it is a declaration being clothed with humility is a decision being clothed with humility is a declaration and lastly amen and it's not even 12. are you grateful Amen. Being clothed with humility is a deflection. So the word deflection is like, you know, it's like bouncing around somewhere else. So, so what should bounce? What should be deflected? All right. So you know what? We as humans tend to judge and classify people by their clothing, right? But James warned us of this in the church. You know, um, the, the, the verses that I'm talking about here is James chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. Let's read that. 
James chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect to persons? For if there come unto your assembly a man with gold ring in a goodly apparel, and there come in also a poor man in vile raiment, and ye have respect to him that weareth the gay clothing, and say unto him, Sit thou here in a good place, with cushion, with AC, <laughs> and say to the poor, Stand thou there, you know, in the corner, <laughs> sit wherever you want, and sit there under my footstool. Are ye not then partial in yourselves, and are become judges of evil thoughts? Lord, have mercy. May we not be like them. Amen? You know, in our text, if we will notice, in verse 6, verse 5, Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Ye all of you, we are all subject of this, one to another, and be clothed with humility, for God resisted the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. You know, when we are clothed with humility, we deflect the attention. You know, the praise and the glory away from us. Because we believe that there is no other that should receive the glory other than our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? We do not become the center of attraction. Amen? The center of attraction here is Jesus Christ, our Savior. But you know, but sometimes the babies are the center of attraction. <laughs> you know, we love them. But it's okay for them to have our attention, but not the adults. <laughs> Because they're so cute, they're so adorable, and they're so innocent. You know, they don't care about people praising them. It's like, that's nothing. And they, you won't hear a baby, oh, I'm so thankful, I'm so cute. <laughs> We're the one always, you know, praising them. And their attention is really, you know, um, they, uh, they have all our attention, but we do not cause people to go out of their way for us. We lower ourselves in their eyes and lift up others because we know that we want to be serving other people. We want to give all the attention only to God himself. Romans chapter 12, verse 3 to 5. For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith, for as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. And another verse in Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 to 4, Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in what? In lowliness of mind. Let each esteem each other better than themselves. Amen. You know, sometimes you always, when there's a group, you're like conversing, don't be like the, the person who's always talking about yourself, who's always talking. Amen. Sometimes try to listen also. Right? Hear what, others what other people would say. Don't just talk always about ourselves. Don't always talk about um, you know, all our achievements. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Especially when we look about 
when we look on other people, don't always focus on their negative things. <laughs> Amen? Focus on the positive things that they have, and it, it will help us. There's a quote here from Henry. I don't know if this is Brother Henry. <laughs> Amen? One, one of the humble servants we have in our church. Amen? Those that are truly desirous to be owned and accepted by God will likewise desire not to be taken notice of nor applauded by man. Amen? Let us, let us not be after, you know, the applause of the people. Let us be after what God would say to us. I will close with this um, scripture passage. We know the Beatitudes, right? In Matthew chapter 5, verse 1 to 12. Maybe some of the ladies here memorize this, you know, by heart, in their mind. But let us read it. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 1 to 12, And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain, and when he was sat, his disciples came unto him. And we know that this is also called the, the Sermon on the Mount. And the thing is, he started it with this beatitude. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed, what is the first one? Blessed are the poor in spirit. What do you mean by poor in spirit? Does that mean that we don't have money? <laughs> Being humble, the first one. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. You know what mourning here is that when you, when you experience death from the family, you are mourning. But this is literally saying mourning about our sin. Mourning about our sin because we just humbled ourselves before God. Now we realize that we are sinners before Him and we mourn. And it says, they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek. Another relation to being humble. For they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you. And shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. And that was the end of the verse. It didn't say you ha we have to retaliate back. We need to, you know, fight back. Amen. But it says rejoice and be exceeding glad. For great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. See the progression here? I believe this is just our life as a Christian. From the moment that we humbled ourselves, that we come to know our Lord Jesus Christ, yes, our first encounter with Christ, we really need to have that verse 3, blessed are the poor in spirit. You know, it is very necessary to our salvation because if we will not humble ourselves before God, you know, and realize that we are sinners before Him, we will never realize that we need saving in our lives. 
Amen. We will never realize that we really are sinners before him. So the first thing is we, when we heard his word, when we heard the good news, and when that teacher or someone, the, you know, the, the soul winner or anyone who explained to us the gospel of salvation, they usually mentioned about sin because that is our condition. And if we will receive those without humility, how can we be saved? So praise God that, you know, the Lord has given us that kind of spirit, that we humble ourselves before him. We have poor in spirit. We realize that we are sinners. We realize that we are nothing without him. We realize that we cannot get our way to heaven by our own deeds and our own words. We realize that we need him in our lives. So the Bible says, yours is the kingdom of heaven. Amen. And after we received him, and there it goes on to our Christian life. We walk every day until we get, you know, um, we let our lives be used for God in his word. And sometimes there would be persecutions and all that. You know, the latter part of this verse is really when you are trying to use yourself, you know, mightily in the work of God. And I believe that, yes, if you are doing good things and right things in this world, a lot of people who is not happy about it, they would persecute you. But that should not stop us. You know, until the persecution comes in our lives, but it all started with having a poor in spirit. Amen? If you don't have poor in spirit, we will not mourn our sin. If we don't have poor in spirit, we will never be meek. If we don't have poor in spirit, we will never hunger and thirst after the righteousness of God. If we don't have poor in spirit, we won't be merciful. We, don't, we won't have pure in heart. We will not be peacemakers in this world, and so on and so forth. But praise God in verse 12, rejoice and be exceeding glad. Because you have followed what Christ wants, you, wants us to do. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. So it all starts with humility. Amen. It all starts with humility from our salvation, even our sanctification, and mostly our service to God and towards men, and even our worship. We should always this kind, kind of a heart to have a contrite, humble, broken spirit before him. I hope that the message of God this morning has been a blessing to us. Amen, that every time we approach him, we will always have a humble spirit. That every time we come here in our church to worship him, that we will have a humble spirit. You know that every time there is something going on in our family, choose to be humble. Choose to be humble. It will help us to have a harmonious relationship with each other. Let's pray. Our gracious God and heavenly Father, thank you so much for this simple reminder that you have taught us Lord God and yes sometimes you you are so gracious in our lives that you are really a blesser and that you have blessed us with so many things may may it be possession position or even the perceptions that we have the knowledge that we gained from your word and Lord sometimes we feel like we are better than other people and sometimes we we feel like we have the right to step down on people or 
sometimes we just forget that it is just really all because of you. All our successes, all our achievements, all the things that we have in this world, it all came from you, Lord. So there is no reason for us to have a proud heart, to think that we are better or even holier than other people because it is truly all by your by your grace, by your power, by all the things that you have done in our lives. So Lord, help us to always be reminded that as we face the new challenges in our lives, as we face maybe new positions in our lives, new tasks that we have to do, Lord, help us to depend on you, help us to trust in you, because that is also showing that we are being humble, that we can't do things on our own, and that we really need your help in our lives. While every head bowed and every eye closed, as we continue this invitation or prayer, let me just call Pastor Sam.